Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Michael. I am a chaser, and today I am sitting here with Dan. We're going to do our little mini-sode. Welcome. Hey, hey there. Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser. So yes, it's the chasers. It's the chaser hour. Well, not quite, but... <laughs> chaser half hour. Chaser maybe. half hour. We can make it an hour. Oh, God. Easy. We can make it four. Um, yeah, the, the classic joke about me and Dan is that when Trevor and I go to hang out, um, at their place, it always turns into some five-hour discussion between me and Dan and Trevor's yeah, there. That, which is why I have to leave the room to let Michael and Trevor have their friendship. Because <laughs> <laughs> we'll take over the space, I, I, I will just, yeah, I'll do that. Don't put two chasers in a room together. <laughs> Bad things happen. Um, so yeah, so today we wanted to talk about um, we, we were going over like, what are the things that we can talk about? And there's a thousand different things. Oh gosh. Um, but given that and we haven't totally heard what they talked about, but Trevor and Don, from what it seems, we're talking about like some communication issues with chasers. And we thought it might be good to do sort of our version of that. I think so too. Yeah. They, I, we don't know. Cause we haven't, we haven't heard what they laid down. Mm. So yeah. yeah. Um, communication. Cause it's, it's, you know, they, the cliche is it's a two way street. <laughs> I would submit that, you know, the, you can't control the communication of the other person. Right. So, a better model, I think, sometimes is to think of it as 100% nothing, meaning that you could actually take responsibility for the other person. Like, if you don't know what's going on over there, mm -hmm. you're not stuck. Okay. You're, you're not in a position of like, well, I don't know what's going on, so I just, I don't, I'll just stop. Yeah. And then you just have two parked cars. Right, right, right. <laughs> that right. aren't going anywhere. Right. Uh, so does it end up feeling so it's like one of the things we've talked about that you've mentioned is the idea of like having to always set stuff up yourself and sort of always be the engine driving things. Mm -hmm. And is that kind of what you're talking about where like somebody has to make this move forward. And if it's, if it's always going to be you, at what point does that start to become a frustration? Well, and I, you know, what I was talking about is just the very fact of, let's say you connect with a guy online mm -hmm. and you've decided that you both have decided that you want to take this into the real world and you want to actually have a date. Mm -hmm. And, and that's a whole other well, like, yeah, exactly. And that's a whole other question. I'm like, what do you mean a date? Are we going to go to dinner? Are we going to mm -hmm. go to lunch? Are we just going to? Is this an appointment to fuck? Right. Like, what is the? There's so many different. And and people don't communicate that. And what I also find is that people are afraid to talk about it because they're afraid of like, either overstepping or understepping. Oh yeah, because you don't. And and also there's sort of that whole thing of like tipping your hand of like, you know. If, if what I really do want is to hook up at the end of this, mm -hmm. do I, if I just come out and say that, does it ruin some of that, like, chase me romance flirting thing of like, you know, I feel like some people hold that romantic vision of like, yes, like, let's go out and like, let's flirt and like, let's have the build up and like, you know, maybe there's a question at the end of the night and it's more exciting if it feels organic, but then it also leads to a lot of like, okay, we're both sitting in the car and we both want to make out, but nobody said that Nobody's we want to make out. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I very, well, I think people know I'm kind of bold. Mm. So, but I've never had a bad reaction to just asking. Mm -hmm. And I realize that some people, you know, they, they, they don't naturally communicate and they feel like, Asking is like the last resort. Like they right. somehow failed or it's gotten to the point where I had to ask. And yeah. that's not it at all. I mean, no. I can't tell you the number of times where I say with a big smile on my face, may I kiss you? Yeah. And that's great, I think. And yeah. And there's nothing that it does not blow the moment. If anything, it enhances the I moment. I think so because it, it shows, it, it feels incredibly intimate to like yeah. to ask that in a way that, like I think there's a way to screw it up where like 
if you're if you if you're too, if you're so shy about asking that question, like not you, but if the person yeah. is so shy about asking it that you're not looking them in the eyes and you don't seem excited about it, it might feel like you're coming at it out of obligation, and that's not great. Well, but and, like, and what's usually happening in that moment is the person is so terrified and awestruck by the guy they're trying to kiss <laughs> that that's why they can't make eye contact. Right, right, right. But yeah, the chub can sometimes take it as like, oh, you're just doing this because you're going through the motions. That's mm-hmm. why you're not looking at me. Like, no, it's the opposite. No, it's just. <laughs> You're too pretty. <laughs> You're blinding. Stop blinding making this me. so hard for me. <laughs> but yeah, may I kiss you? Or um, you you know, you're really attractive. Would you like to make out? Mm-hmm. A, a line I use because I, I don't want to, I find that if you use the word sex, it, it can lead people astray because everybody, there's this, this, unfortunately the standard meaning of sex is I want to put my dick in your ass. Right. Which I don't, that's not sex. That is a particular a sexual act. a specific thing, yeah. Yeah, so what I will say to keep it loose and to keep it more fun is, I, you know, like if I'm at an event and I want to move it to the bedroom, mm. I'll say something like, um, I'd really like to play with you. What do you What do you think about that? I like that because it, it sounds like what it is, yeah. which is just playful, fun. But at the same time, it leaves room. Like, I feel like if you ask somebody like, hey, like, do you want to go hook up? Yeah. A rejection of that feel like it's it's a really harsh rejection where it's like oh do you want to go play it's like eh, i'm not feeling right now like and there, i feel like there's room to sort of easier it's a little easier to say or like to have that leeway or like the in between of like okay well yes eventually but not right now like rejecting a hookup is so concrete well and people don't know what they're rejecting because nobody's really sure what hookup means right <laughs> right and play could be like play could be so many things it could just it it, it and it it identifies what is supposed to be, which is just fun. Yeah. And what I also like about play in asking that question is it then elicits the follow-up question, which is like, what do you mean play? Like, how would that go? Sure. What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And the fact that they're asking that is sort of the yes Mm -hmm. or the yes, maybe, or the yes, it depends. At least I'm interested enough. I'm interested enough to follow up. Right. As opposed to, oh, I don't think so. No. Or I have a boyfriend or whatever the response is. Right, right, right. Yeah, I like that. I haven't found myself in that position that often in person, but there was one particular time. I think this is this might be the one time in my life where I met a chubby gay guy in the wild, as it were. Like you've talked about, like <laughs> I love in the wild. Yeah, in the wild, like out out in the wild, not of online, the world. Yeah. not online. There and was not no- in an event where you know that what you're into, they know what you're into and you know what they're into. And exactly. Like nothing's been talked about. This was just at a social gathering that we were both going to a few, you know, it was like once a week or so. And then eventually it was like, oh, like, you know, like there's this sort of the eyes of like, oh, clearly we're kind of flirting. And, and you knew each other before this moment. Yes. Yes. And you didn't so meet them at the event. We, yeah, exactly. And so um, eventually, and this was like back when I was single and eventually it was like, hey, like, do you want to go on a date? And at the time I was not looking to date a person to become a boyfriend. So I was like, Hey, just, you know, like, yes, I'm actually interested in you just so you know, I'm not, you know, looking for anything serious. I don't know if that's what you're looking for, but blah, blah, blah. Just said the expectation early. Um, and that was fine. So we go on a couple of dates and it's nice. And so we end up going back to his place mm-hmm. and I realize he was a little more cub sized and there's this phenomenon that you identified for me, which is that if you're standing in a room mm. of thin, attractive West Hollywood gay guys, and there's one person who's just a, just not that, who's like a little bit fatter than that, yeah, he looks 
much, much different. Oh yeah. It's like you found the super chub at 230 pounds. At 230 pounds. And so like made it back to his place. And eventually it was kind of, it, it was starting to hit me that the two things. And the first one was, oh, he doesn't know that I'm into him because of his size. Right. Like, because you didn't meet him in the context where he would. Right. And he doesn't necessarily, assumes that I'm into him, but maybe it's like, you know, people can be into somebody for a lot of different reasons. Exactly. And so I realized, oh, I have to come out before this goes any further. Well, and I wonder, I wonder how true that is. Maybe not. I don't know. In my head, it was like, if I start touching him in certain ways uh, that I would need to like be able to feel free and like actually go for it. Like, he, is that going to well, unnerve but, him? But here's the thing. Let's say, let's say that he was with just a guy who thought he was attractive mm -hmm. Who doesn't identify as a chubby chaser? Mm -hmm. Maybe isn't even a chubby chaser. Just you know, a guy who weighs 230, 250 pounds. That's just not a deal breaker for him. Sure, right? There are all sorts of attractive guys, and this is one of them. Mm -hmm. And he finds himself with his hands on his body. Well, someone who's 230, 250 pounds, uh, there's a lot of surface area in a particular area of that body, <laughs> uh -huh. and the hand is going to go there because it's going to go to the surface area. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm saying is that you can enjoy this man's body without declaring your, you know, your sexual identity. And it really has a lot more to do, not with your sexual identity, it really has so much more to do with how comfortable he is with mm -hmm. his body. Yes, I would agree with that. And I think that was why, in my head, that was why I brought it up in the first place was like, I don't want to get into a moment of oh wait, I have to stop because I have triggered something here. Like if, you know, if he's has some kind of struggle with his weight or whatever, I don't want to do something and have him make an assumption or like have a reaction or whatever. Maybe there's no avoiding that. Like, and, and in this case, that wasn't an issue. Yeah. And it was great. The second thing that happened, which happened later in the same night was I started to understand myself a little better. Mm. In a different way, which is, you know, I think over the last 10 years, I've had a, a pretty wide variety of experiences with guys, but most of them have been the other person who was more interested in me than I was in them. Mm -hmm. for, for, for what I couldn't have possibly identified until somewhat recently. <laughs> um, but the simplest way to put it is like, I didn't have a clear understanding of, I can be attracted to a wide range of weights, let's mm -hmm. say like a couple hundred pounds. I can be attracted, but there's the, the top end of that range is like, that's a whole other ballpark. Mm -hmm. That's like, okay, now we have like, you know, the rocket ship is on the launch pad for any of these guys, but this other rocket ship is already to fucking Venus <laughs> on the one end of the spectrum. Like, yeah, we need to talk about that. Yes. We should talk about that. Um, because I realized that in the moment and eventually did communicate not that specific idea, but just like, Hey, like, you know, I'm probably not going to get off basically. Now you're talking about, are we back in that, back in that date? one particular moment with that one particular guy? And it was still, I thought still lovely. And we had several dates after that and we had a lot of good times. Um, but I was never so excited that I was going to, you know, that just wasn't going to happen. For right. Me. And I think I, there's so many things to say about that. One, that's fine. Because as long as you're, okay with what's not happening mm -hmm. and okay with what is happening, that's a fine place to be. Yeah. And assuming he is too. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've, I've definitely had that with guys where like you are really, I, I had this guy with, he was really 
He was just downright athletic and thin, mm-hmm. but he was so friggin' sexy. And I, I can't remember if I've told this story on the podcast, but I, I've told it elsewhere in like seminars and stuff. You know, I, I knew this wasn't going to go anywhere sexually, but he's related to me sexually. What am I supposed to do about that? <laughs> and I just copped to it. I said, like, this is, I just told him that. Like, uh, this is what I'm into. This is probably, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And we had a really great time. I didn't come and that was fine. And he was fine with that. He came gallons. But <laughs> it was, that was okay because we just made it okay. We included that. Like, sure. That, we didn't make it wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think if more people would just say that, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, it's also possible that someone's going to out there is going to surprise themselves. True. And I think I, th- I think I wanted to be open to that experience. Like I, I think that particular time in my life was very much about I want to broaden my horizons in, in all directions. I want to just I in wanting to learn more about myself, I wanted to push outside some of the I guess comfort zones that I had settled in. Mm-hmm. And so yes, I will go on a date with this guy that I might not normally have thought that I would date, but he's like really attractive and really smart and funny and all of these good things. And okay, so we identified basically, like you just said, like, okay, this isn't going to happen for me, but I'm really enjoying everything else. Yeah. And I like hanging out with you and I think we're having a good time together. So like, let's, let's just do that. Well, and so many men are trained that the point of sex is to ejaculate and maybe even to ejaculate in a particular way, mm-hmm. in a particular <laughs> orifice. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not sex. That's a sexual act. There's a whole lot more to sex. And I think that's also, that's also specifically like you haven't, I feel like that's a case where you haven't been able to actually satisfy that need yet mm. in some way. And so that's all you can, that's all you want. It's like all you can really go for because you never really truly exercise the fantasy. And if you get to the point where you can have that, suddenly I feel like you can then broaden your horizons and enjoy many different experiences. Mm-hmm. But until you've been able to satisfy maybe the thing that feels the most important to you or the most instinctual, like, you're just constantly going to be craving that one thing that you're never really getting enough of. That's, that's been my experience. And then it's interesting what you're describing. (laughs) I find this interesting. I made this analogy, but what you're describing is sort of like binge eating. Yeah. Where, you know, one of the causes of binge eating is depriving yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to have it. I'm not going to have it. And so when you do have it, it's like all you want. And I just have way too much of it. And, and how I compare this with chasers is so many chasers. They don't have a lot of, fat guys that they're having relations with in real life, mm-hmm. even just friendships, mm-hmm. you know, all their friends are thin and, and, and just, you know, regular. And they have this, it may be a secret. It may be not so much a secret, but they don't have the, they don't, because we don't have a lot of, you know, 300 pound guys at bars, they can't walk into a bar and pick up like some of their regular friends. Mm-hmm. So I think they may feel like there's this uh, scarce, like it's funny because chubs usually are the ones who are concerned about scarcity. There's not enough chasers. And it's funny how mm-hmm. chasers have exactly the same sort of like, no, there's, there's, you know, and, and then they get super picky. Like, no, I didn't like that one. Exactly. No, he seemed a little too effeminate. I didn't like the way his nose was on his face. I think it's like, like, like but stop it. I think it's <laughs> you're, I think it, as for as long as you're chasing some, Fantasy. fantasy. Yeah, absolutely. You you can't actually appreciate the other experiences around you until you've satisfied that fantasy in some way. Well, and you know, if you think that the goal of sex is to come, I got news for you. You don't need the other person for that. 
<laughs> you can just do that. You on your can own. do that yourself far more efficiently and really almost anytime you want. So why would you involve another person if you only function is to get off? There must be something beyond getting off that you are in search of. Oh, Dan, <laughs> give the chasers some credit. They can do that anytime they want. <laughs> well, I'm thinking like they're in a meeting. Yeah. No, 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 no. If you're determined. <laughs> you're determined. Uh, if you just have the right cloth. No, but I think that's interesting because for me, the other, the flip side of that was came, I don't know, months and months later, um, I had the opposite experience with a guy where it was like the eye-opening moment of, oh, oh, okay, (laughs) this is, this is it. Like, this is the thing that I didn't know that I was missing that I'm now understanding. And I I don't want to put it all around size, but it's, we've talked about, so this is the point that we were trying to like come up on is like, yeah, I think it does. I think well, it does. It makes a difference. And you know, you were saying that I was thinking of that that moment in Fellowship of the Rings, <laughs> where where Mary or Pippin says he comes in pints. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, <laughs> it's that same kind of delight oh. and surprise. Like, oh my! All right, God. so let's talk about why. Because you know, if you're, because there's a lot of ways people could be listening to this, which is, you know, they're a, a thin civilian and they're like, yeah, size really. And then there's then there's the guy who feels like he's betwixt and between. Right, and that I'm worried about. That. There is that chub yeah. who is in the 200 to let's say 250 range who feels like he's too fat for the bars and too thin for the chub. For events. the chasers, sure. And so he's like, "Where am I supposed to go?" And my 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 message there is, well, actually, you just get to <laughs> you get both. Mm. And yeah, there's going to be people in both crowds that you know you're going to be the wrong size for, mm-hmm. but you've also got twice the population to look in. Right. Uh, you know, it's far, a wider net. It's a wider, it's a wider net. Uh, and then there's like the, uh, the chubs, the super chubs, the mega chubs, mm. uh, and all that. So why does size matter? So it's not just cause a lot of times chasers are perceived as like hunting the white rhino. Right. Like we want the biggest, we want the biggest game we and can it's, find. It's not. Yeah. It isn't for some, I will admit for some chasers, it is that. And that's easy. Stay away from those guys. <laughs> <laughs> you can smell it. You can smell it because it's all about how much do you weigh? How much do you weigh now? Okay. And then like, can you, do, and you, you can smell it. Just carve a scarlet letter on their forehead and <laughs> you can smell you'll it. You'll be it's, able it's to avoid it forever. Um, on the other hand, there is something, you know, as a fat person, that life at 500 pounds is not the same as life at 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you know that sex at 500 pounds is not the same as sex at 300 pounds. Well, guess what? Chasers know that too. (laughs) Or if they don't know it, they'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, like one of my, one of the things that I think I do particularly well in bed with a guy is about the sensuality and the intimacy. Mm. Well, that involves a lot of physical contact and a lot of eye contact and a lot of stuff like that. Mm. And a body that is 500 pounds simply is equipped differently Mm -hmm. than one that is 300 pounds or 250 pounds. And there is, it's not just more that I can do. I don't mean to, cause that makes it sound like a to-do list I'm trying to get down. <laughs> it's, it's really more that my talents are geared to the pleasuring of larger men. Mm. I understand that anatomy in a way that I'm not equipped to pleasure someone who is straight sized or someone who is maybe even 230. Mm-hmm. Like I'm just, that's not, my talents aren't got going to apply to that body. Well, and it's funny because what you're describing for me in the, the, 
because I've been with a handful of guys my size or maybe a little bit larger. And every time I've had this weird imposter syndrome of like, wait, is this what thin sex is like? <laughs> is this what we're supposed to be doing? Because I'm not doing things that I want to be doing. Mm. And it's this weird, like, I feel like I'm acting out a scene, like a scene in a movie for somebody else's benefit where all of the stuff that either, not just that I want to do, but that I know that I can do well, like the things that I have confidence about, I can't do. And so I'm in this weird position of like, what tools are in my arsenal? This feels so limiting. Like mm -hmm. I, there, there's, there's so little stuff that I can do. Like it feels, I mean, I hate to put it this way, but it kind of feels like the difference between very um, simplified vanilla sexual experiences with somebody when you know that you have a whole host of other experiences that you could be having with somebody else. Like it's like, okay, we can shut the door here, but I know there's a party going on on the other <laughs> side of that door. And like, we can have a good time here. That's not the like, but, but like but there's a whole party. Like we could go have snacks and drinks. Well, that was the end of part one, but don't worry. There's a lot more chaser chat coming up in part two. <laughs> and we'll see you then.